Hi, Jamie. Hi. Can you ladies hear me? Yes. Hear and see. You're perfect. We want to tell you just first thing, even before Tabs gets here, that if you see a streaker behind one of us or somebody has to close a camera, you know the role. We're living this autism life. I feel like I should expect that, right? Yeah. <laughs> we need like one that, streaker and one screamer, yeah. please. If that yeah. doesn't happen, I'm going to be like really sad and disappointed, frankly. <laughs> Hi, the Jess. odds are good. It's yeah. so nice to have you, Jamie. I only found you when um, Jen shared about you. And listen, I've gone back like a weird auntie on your feed. I just think you're fantastic. I want to give Phoenix a hug and scrunch his hair. Thank you, Rachel. Hello, and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty tart and pleasantly bitter conversation. I want to thank you for taking a seat at the table. Tonight, we have Jamie Lynn Brown, one of our favorite pages over on the Instagram with us at the table. I also have Jen Dunn. Hi, everyone. Jamie Ramos. Hello. Tabs. Hello. And Kimmy. Hey. I'm Rachel. And Jamie, I think we'll have you introduce yourself. Well, hi, ladies. I'm so excited to be here. I just already feel so welcome. It's been a while since I've been listening to your guys' podcast, and I absolutely love what you all are doing in this space. So you already said my name, but I'm Jamie. I live in Southern California with my husband and my stepson and my adorable little guy, Phoenix. He is who I share a lot about probably overshare, but that's okay. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I share mostly on Instagram. I'm at Jamie Lynn Brown and my middle name is Lynn L I N, which is very interesting, but that's a story for another day. Okay. But yeah, I am the founder of the intentional autism mama program and community. And I know that we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but in a very brief nutshell, that is just a mentoring coaching, mentoring program. And it's really just meant to edify and strengthen the community of autism moms. And my premise has always been that I always wanted someone to link arms with when I first got started on this journey. And so I want to be that for these moms that are starting out and some that are even more seasoned. But the point is to be more intentional with our motherhood, because this is our shot at motherhood. We don't get a do-over and I just want it to be something that is not so reactive because I think we get stuck in this place of reaction and I want it to be very purposeful, very intentional. And that's kind of what I have designed and I don't know, drag all these moms along with me. <laughs> I just love it. I said, um, when we very first came on our recording tonight, that I feel such gratitude for you for sharing the real and raw, but also keeping it uplifting. It's so genuine and authentic when you're saying you need to connect with people or come to this retreat so that you can meet people or just hearing that you're not alone when you feel so alone in the night, scrolling the reels mm -hmm. is profound. And so I, I think it's, it's just such a beautiful way that you share. And I appreciate that you've worked so hard to create the community. Moving back though, Jamie, do you want to yeah. tell us a little bit about Phoenix as a little fella and kind of what drove you to diagnosis and maybe where you're at right now? Sure. So I think I had a very similar story to a lot of moms where I suspected some delays and things weren't progressing as I thought they 
maybe should or could when he was about 18 months. But it actually took my sister-in-law, and I didn't actually tell her this until years later. It took my sister-in-law coming out here for a family vacation. We were all here in San Diego at the beach, and she was spending time with Phoenix, and she pulled me aside. And she said, you know, I think that you should have him assessed. And I said, well, everyone's saying, you know, that boys progress at their own pace and, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the words will come later. And even our pediatrician saw him respond to his name. And so she immediately just made that assessment that everything was fine. Yeah. Um, so it really took her stepping in and kind of like bossing me around, which is pretty typical of my sister-in-law. Bless you, Christine. If you ever listen to this. Thanks, Christine. Thanks, Thanks, Christine. Christine. But this time it was actually like a really good thing. And so it really pushed me to ask for the assessment to get started on that journey. So we did early intervention and met this incredible team that did sort of a combo of ABA and preschool. Mm -hmm. And it was just so beautiful. I was so lucky that we got him in there fairly early, but then he was about to age out at age three. So I got his diagnosis right before age three. And then since then, we've been part of our school district, which that's a whole nother story, but (laughs) thankfully it's a small district. Yeah, I have a lot of vocalization, no, a lot of voice. I, I don't know. I'm there all Weird the time. Weird blowhard moms too. <laughs> yeah, we nothing are. to worry about. We are. <laughs> we are. We're all there. Yeah. We are all vocal. Yes. Yeah. So so they don't, I mean, yeah, they, they hear me before they see me coming. So that's just been a, a really good uh, family. So it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And how old is Phoenix? So he will be nine in January. Love it. And I, I, I cannot even believe that. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, oh, wow, the way you guys feed him. I mean, that kid eats very healthy. Yes, Avocado, he does. Like, everything's organic. I love, I love that. I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Jen, it's funny that you mentioned that because kind of like Kim's accent that everyone wants to know, like, where, where's Kim from? And it, she's mm-hmm. enigmatic and we want to know. A lot of people in my DMs feel like Phoenix is this unicorn enigmatic kid eating the avocados and the organic grass-fed beef and all of that. I honestly, honestly attribute that to the fact that A, dad's an amazing cook. Mm -hmm. That that helps because if it was me, we'd be at Chick-fil-A every other day. (sighs) And then B, we started him so young. We didn't have any idea of autism or anything. And we were already feeding him like full scale meals. And so I think we just missed that point in time where food aversions develop, where pickiness develops. I I, I don't know. I I do feel like really blessed and very much the outlier when it comes to food and autism. I was fascinated by it because my daughter didn't eat till she was eight. So right. you know, just the nutrition and stuff. It's, it's really right. Yeah. So I, I count that as a huge blessing. There's not a day that I'm not grateful. Part of what I love about your page and how you shared, Jamie, is that you can tell that you're really down on Phoenix's level with him, 
just the way that you interact is so authentically like in his world. And we talk so often about that being one of the gifts that if you can kind of get in there and get like, I, it's like Sealyville, like when I'm allowed in and can share the moment with her, everything is just magic. And I can feel that relationship and that sort of like presence with your relationship. And it's so beautiful. I, I feel like the thing that might not happen, and I only have Sealy, so I, I'm not, I don't have like a typical experience otherwise, but the trust that we get to share with our kids because of the need and the devotion to the development and stuff like that is just incredible. And I think good on you for highlighting that, for living that, for being able to show that because sometimes that's missing for folks when you're very first diagnosed, it's hard to know that there's going to be connection and magic in it. You know, you didn't warn me that you were going to make me cry. Welcome to the table. (laughs) We should have logoed Kleenex, but we're just only in our second year. Yeah, You, you did not send like adequate, uh, spoiler alerts or notes for me to look through. I, really appreciate that feedback, not to overuse the word, but I do feel like that has to be intentional. That is not, that is not something that necessarily came naturally for me. Mm -hmm. I have my stepson who is 16 years old and I've been in his life or he's been in mine since he was age three. And I think that we have a really solid relationship, but it's definitely different. I was not the one to play Legos and Star Wars and all the incredibly geeky things that his dad and him loved. And similarly, I don't really like to play Lego. Well, no, Legos I do like, but I don't like to play cars and marbles and dinosaurs. And I don't enjoy that. And in some ways, Phoenix doesn't either. So he's not you know, he doesn't really enjoy that pretend play, imagination play as much as I would hope at this age. So what's left? What's left is a lot of, I don't want to say like puppet play, because it's not necessarily that I have to use puppet, but like, for instance, today we're playing with these little pumpkins that have faces yeah. and all the, and all the pumpkins have different voices because they all look different. So they have to have different voices And we just have so much fun interacting in that way. And I always say that if we can, as parents, act a little bit more like the teacher, like the bigger than life teacher, Mm -hmm. you know, that everyone has had, all of us have had the larger than life teacher or educator. Yeah. 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 So if we can do that from time to time, then we will get that connection from our kids. But if we are just doing parenting, I'm just momming. I'm just the parent. I'm here to keep you safe. I'm going to make you your meals. I'm going to make your bed. Let's get in the bathtub. Like that, that bores me to death. I don't want to do that. Right. That just sounds like chores. So anyway, there's that element of going outside. Like you guys went to a birthday party and then you're on the swing in their yard during that party. And just the way he's kicking around and just the way he's looking at you and the sun's hitting the face, like, you know, to take a break outside and to get away from the crew. And we all talk about that. Sometimes you're outlying in the party, but you're still in this like glorious shining moment. I just read this quote today that like speaks to this so much. I don't know. It spoke to my heart today, but it's from Thoreau. (laughs) That was really hard. (laughs) That took my brain a minute. Uh, That's what time of day it is. The quote is, it's not what you look at that matters. It's what you see. 
And mm. so like, if you take the time to actually change your perspective and change your view and look at things from a different angle, it can be whatever you want it to be. And so like, I think as parents to kids who have special needs or disabilities or a diagnosis of any kind that we learn that skill to kind of reshape and reform. And we don't live in these spaces that everyone talks about in parenting, but it also gives you opportunities for magic. I, I like to write about that specifically because my yes. kids can be spectacular in these brief magic moments that other parents don't get to experience um, that we do and appreciate and see in a different way. So anyway, I read that today. Of course, I'm like a gushy, mushy gal <laughs> but it just happened to be today so here we are people <laughs> this is what, well, you get what I love about that with what you both said it's like the way our kids affect us and how they not us teaching them but how they teach us and how they train us because just thinking about that with my son even as a baby you had to be animated you had to be big you had to be singing or cracking up for him to respond and that's why I wasn't sure about autism at first I had kind of a similar thing where like he was kind of responding to his name. He was kind of doing this and this. If we were big and animated and no one told me that, that that was part of autism. But at the same time, it's made me like more expressive and out there and helping me learn to be in tune with my son. Like you were saying, Taps, like it's, it's just so cool how that happens. And I feel like that happens with most people, but with us, it's just on such a heightened level that mm. it's amazing when you step back and you really think about it. It's a pretty beautiful thing. Yeah. And vibrations of our kids. We are very in tune with the vibrations, especially well, like for nonverbal, like all of us have at some say. point experienced yeah. nonverbal. Go ahead, Jen. That's <laughs> exactly what that I was going to say. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say at some point. What all of us have experienced on, or, or, you know, still are our children. Yeah. Children are still nonverbal. So yeah. How is the relationship with Phoenix and his brother? So it depends on the day that you ask, which you're asking today. So it is, it's good. It's good. It could be better, but I think that that is coming from a place of me wishing we've had more time with my stepson. He's a high schooler. Yeah. So, you know, and, and his primary residence is with his mom. He, his high school is down the street from, from where they live. And so truly we only see him um, a handful of days a month. And so that is really hard, especially during Phoenix's formative years. And then also with my stepson, you know, he does struggle with that sibling relationship. And I, I, I do, in, in my core, I do believe that there is some resentment. And I do feel that there's some alienation. And I don't want you to delete this, Jamie. Jamie Ramos, because I do think that this is something that needs to be heard. Normalized, is that, yeah. Is that sometimes the biological mother, regardless of how incredible she may or may not be, does resent the child who may be perceived to get more care. And my husband deserves every single award on earth for mm -hmm. fathers because I think he is just exceptional. I think he is so good about not even dividing his time. Like, I think he should be the intentional autism dad and the yeah. intentional just teen dad. Well, no, he's not a teen. But anyway, dad of a teen because <laughs> he, 
He's not a team dad. Clarify that, listener. Her husband is over the age of whole other podcast. Sorry, I I just made that super weird. Anyway, just I think he does such a great job at honoring Mm -hmm. both boys in their own seasons. They're seven and a half years apart. And he just, he kicks butt. He's so good with both of them. But yeah, going back to Jen's question, their relationship, I think is, it's challenging. It's challenging. Yeah. Many of us, like, again, I have one child, but there's many of us that we've interviewed or many of the ladies at the table that have multiple kids. And I think the start of your comment back, Jamie, or your response was so authentic and real in so many different families. However, to have the the added layer of a divorce or separation or like, you know, at the step level of the family just changes dynamic and, and, you know, allows for that whole thing too, because it's just layers. And that's always true of families, I feel like, but especially in relationships with our kids, it's a lot to understand from the outside. And I think that that also is typical within households you know it's it's hard when you have children with additional needs they do require more attention sometimes they do require more accommodations and that can be hard for the other kids especially when they're kids because they're kids they don't necessarily like understand that and when there's like a seven year plus gap that also I think can be difficult so it's like I feel like a lot of that would probably be typical but like as far as the bond growing like that would I feel like be challenging with the less time spent in the house like I I would imagine that would be but I feel like that's something that will always be growing because our kids make you love them (laughs) they get in there they can they pull those strings so (laughs) so you have a, a real where phoenix is kissing his brother and there's like this like apprehension and cheeky cheek about it oh my god it just made me swoon like so sweet and you could tell from the dialogue around it that this is not super typical but also like so great and just the love today my daughter spent some time with her cousins and she doesn't often see them and it's like you can feel sometimes the periods of growth like it's actually happening right before my eyes right now and how cool is that you know yes those those to me are those core moments yeah I will always remember that day at the restaurant yeah and seeing him go up and kiss his brother on the cheek like that was just so special and you know that my stepson was just like swooning on the inside yeah he was you know he was acting like what you know but but no you could I mean there was this like get in here buddy yeah oh my god that's so great (laughs) Well, you know, this, Jamie, kind of leads me to your group and how after you're going through this diagnosis period and your family is together and divided and you're going through so much of like cultivating what you need as you've navigated what your son does, you, from what I gather, determined that you needed even more people and you needed to be the one and make sure that you were, as you said, linking arms. So can you tell us a little bit about the development of your work and again, where you're at right now? Because I know we're right on the cusp of a big weekend. Yeah. So to be honest, I, I feel like I did. I, I went through all of those stages of grief and denial, acceptance, but then going back to grief and then maybe a little bit more denial, a lot of guilt. 
sprinkled on top and just going through all of those things. And I felt like I was somewhat doing so in a vacuum. And we do not have family nearby. We do not have a lot of uh, tangible support in our community. And I just found myself spending a lot of time in my DMs, talking, sometimes commiserating, but I didn't want to stay there. I didn't want to stay in that venting stage. I was really ready after, you know, my period of time, I was really ready to come out of that on the other side and remember all of the passions, all of the ambitions, all of the inner desires of my heart that have been there for years and years and years and years prior to having my son, let alone my stepson, let alone marriage. I I just, I've had this beautiful life and it didn't just stop when my son was diagnosed. So why was I acting like that? I was acting as if life had stopped and everyone else's life should stop, you know, along with me. So once I figured out I was done with that, no more, just no more. I wanted to really discover what I wanted to do. And that's when I discovered that I really love, it must be an Enneagram thing. I'm a helper. I really love encouraging. Mm-hmm. I love being people's cheerleader. Yeah. I, I was a cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see the blue palms. <laughs> I really, really love just spending time in deep conversation clearly and love being there to encourage and love on these moms and so I thought what better way to do that than in small group format if someone needed more encouragement and more support I could do one-on-one and what if just what if I pull a larger group together and we do a quote-unquote retreat and so that's kind of the birth of the virtual retreat. And it was only virtual because of the pandemic, right? Truly. So hopefully one day, knock on all things wood around me, hopefully Mm. one day I'll take that into in-person because I think that will be even more meaningful. Yeah. Man, there's nothing like a hug. There's nothing like a hug. We all just (laughs) met for the first time last April at Kate Swenson's event. And there really is nothing like, everyone knows I'm not a hugger. But there's nothing like being able to hug these ladies and yes, you know, just be with them. I mean, it, I always said coming out of that weekend, I didn't know how much I needed it. I oh. did not know how much I needed it. And I hadn't felt that way since my daughter's diagnosis. So Jenny, we, Penny, are you going to cry a little skosh? I might, I might cry a little. It was oh. really life-changing for me. So I, I think that. it's amazing that you're doing, um, you're doing that. And I know you have guest speakers and. You do a pajama night, right? Yes. We start stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We start out with a pajama night on Friday. And that's really a time for moms to get to know each other. Mm. This time we'll probably be doing breakout sessions. So that way, smaller groups of moms can get to know each other. And then all day Saturday and partial day Sunday is slated with guest speakers. I'm going to be keeping you ladies in mind. Just hear me out now um <laughs> yes, speakers. we need one for five that's right oh my gosh it'd be amazing oh because we also have panels so you ladies would be a phenomenal panel 
so like, for example, this uh, retreat, we have a marriage panel, mm-hmm. marriage and autism. So how marriages can be, can be healthy when we put intentional work into them. And then we're also doing a passion panel, which I'm super excited about, not to be confused with passion parties, totally different episodes. Totally different. Um, <laughs> but maybe add that in a little bit. So we're doing a passion panel, which is going to be a couple of my girlfriends who do those incredible inclusion t-shirts and branding. Oh, yes. And then uh, a mom who does little date night boxes that mm. she sends to you. So you can do your date night at home. And then oh. one that does uh, little bracelets. So super oh, excited. Yeah. I, is she from Instagram, the date night box? Yeah. Yes. I follow her too. She's yeah. great. Heather. Heather. Yeah. Sure, Jen, it isn't a panel to get a husband. It's now what yeah. she's saying. No, I know. Yeah. You supply the husbands, need a husband for the date night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Different weekend. Different weekend. I got nothing. We're starting a whole intentional passion virtual retreat for you as we speak. Find your husband. <laughs> Bring the passion. Thank you. Sorry, this is going off the rails. <laughs> this sounds I got new for intentional. <laughs> unintentional. Unintentional. We'll have, we'll have the intentional retreat and then the unintentional yes! retreat. Yeah. Yes. A total dumpster fire. I love yeah. it. That one's yeah. got to be in person. That's Let us perfect. be on that panel. Bring us to the unintentional one. <laughs> Amy, how, how often do you do these retreats? Um, so. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Too soon. Too soon. Right. Too, too soon, Kim. Too soon. So fall and spring. So spring okay. um, will probably be March-ish, april <laughs> Okay. But now I'm I'm never going to be trusted again. <laughs> I'll launch it, then people will be like, "No." no. Yeah. Be sure Jamie <laughs> uses that snippet as a promo. <laughs> yeah, no one will trust me again. Some special. Hey, you might make some money off these special events. I'm just telling right. you. Yep, you might get some more guests. <laughs> no, this, this really does sound amazing. I mean, like when you're in those first years. Let me go back to the seriousness. Okay. After I went off the rails. Deep breath. It happens sometimes with me. But when you're in that first like year or two after diagnosis, it is like so powerful to find someone who you can even just text and be like, did this happen to your kiddo? Or did you see this? Or what do you use for locks? (laughs) How do you keep pajamas on your child? (laughs) Because it's not going well over here. You know, all of that support can seriously be life-changing in your mindset in the first step in your mindset because you don't find those things in you know parenting groups or taking your kids to the playground it's really hard to find that even in your local community sometimes Mm -hmm. to connect with someone else so it's nice that they have an opportunity like have these small breakout sessions where they can get to know each other and maybe be like hey you want to exchange phone numbers can I text you at 2 a.m when your kid's not sleeping and my kid's not sleeping you know <laughs> like yeah. that kind of thing so that's great Sorry, so something today that reminded me of when you were talking you guys talking about early in the beginning and you know sort of about, about momming and stuff they had this thing on the view today they're talking about how some moms find it really hard to make mom friends they were talking about it and Sarah Haynes, I guess, had postpartum and shit. She didn't want to be around other moms because it made her feel less than. I was like, that's how I felt as a special needs mom entering into this 
So I didn't like to be around other moms and other kids really, because I felt like I just stood out so much. So kind of all sort of the same, same feelings, just different situations, right? Right. Yeah. Right. For sure. And Jen, thank you for saying that actually, because you make me remember something. You ladies felt called to pull the, you know, you ladies together to do this podcast, right? The five of you felt called, you had made the over the internet connections, right? Mm-hmm. You yep. guys didn't meet in person until last April. So you felt this tug on your heart and you felt that there was this important calling that you needed to fulfill. I kind of feel that same way. And Jen, by you saying that reminded me, I have never wanted to be the mom that feels so far off or like her ish is so together that she's not approachable. Like I want to be the big sister or, or the mom or the aunt or just the pal, you know, who is very approachable. And so I think that's why I feel very called to be that to a lot of these moms who are just right in the thick of it, Yeah, you know? So yeah, it's, and it, it is really hard to, you know, you have to manage your your own energy and your own heart and your own boundaries, frankly. And so it's really hard to hold space for that many moms that maybe engage with you on the daily basis because you're still also in the thick of it. Mm -hmm. So I have to be very mindful that my first priority will always uh, be Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And so your questions about advocacy your concerns about your child's assessments or upcoming IEP, those are valuable and important to me, but not at the exception of the time that I'm spending with my son and my family. Mm -hmm. And so I think by creating kind of these spaces, these groups, these retreats, I can get a lot more information and disseminate a lot more hope Mm -hmm. in that confined container versus wearing myself out every day. Yeah. It's so smart. I think part of what you're conveying and what you're teaching to people to Jamie is that you are of value, like, like that you're finding your passion and you're finding and fulfilling what you need as a woman, not just as a human, like as a person at the base level, you're getting what you need so that you can fulfill your son's needs that you can slay all day at those things and still have something to show the community that's looking up to you. And I think it's one thing to say, this is what autism looks like. This is what autism looks like. It's another to say, again, like I said earlier, this is what autism looks like. And this is what it's given me, or this is what we're doing. And this is why, or this is where we are right now. And this is how far we've come. You always have this like tailored trail with the message. And it really speaks to the whole person, not just being a mom, but being a Jamie being a mom, being a therapist, being the girl who's catching the sun on the swing, you know, I mean, it's important. And I, I can't really get over it. I hope you know that of your work that you really are inspiring progress for people and, and for them as a person, not just in the lane of autism. It's beautiful. You're giving the connection to other moms that are walking a similar path with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that is just so incredibly life-changing. Like I, I never had that because there was none of this you know, when my daughter was diagnosed, people didn't even know what, what autism was. Like there was, we didn't know anybody else with a child with autism. Mm-hmm. People in the community didn't know what the word meant. So to see this and to see these, you know, these communities for people, and it doesn't matter, like your friends want to support you. 
many of us have very supportive families and, you know, we're incredibly lucky to have that. But there's something about another person walking the same path who can let you cry and just understand your pain. People want to make you feel better because that's that's the nature to do that, you know. But sometimes we know each other's hard. We know, but we also can laugh when like the pajamas didn't stay on all night. <laughs> like we can yes. laugh that somebody else can't do because like they're not gonna do that because then you know they don't understand and it's it's only funny to us because it's like our life is just so crazy that it's like we have to find the humor, you know, or these little tiny milestones that our children make that like. Mm-hmm seem so significant to other people like even when you tell them and of course they want to support and be happy for you but it's like you can see in their eyes that they're not really catching like how significant it is and you have this other mom that's like they're getting it right there you don't have to explain yourself you don't have to say this sucks this is hard but I love my child I do love my child yeah. you, know, <laughs> you can leave that sentence right off the table because because they know they know that you love your child and they know that you're having a moment of hard and I think to see other people having those moments and other children having these moments that our children have makes you feel just that less isolated less alone like less of not the anomaly that is the gift that is given to all these people by making connections even if it's just one mom Mm -hmm. that one mom that understands like we were lucky to find five of us five people that would have never been friends without autism yeah, we say that like, passionately. I don't know why we no. say that so passionately. <laughs> I mean, we come from, and, and you know, it's love. Our, we're different ages. We live in different parts of the country. Yeah. We've got Korea mom, stay-at-home mom, adoption, different country. Like we wouldn't have crossed paths, you know, without autism. So it's like, we're given these blessings, you know? And, yeah. And you're helping to facilitate that. And it's like a snowball effect. You just met some ladies. Was that the first time you met the ladies that you do the, your... Yeah. La, 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 la. Can I have a yeah. vote, please? You know what I'm trying to say, right? Do you I understand? Do. Where I is do. Montana? Where is so, Montana? So it wasn't it wasn't a retreat like you ladies attended with Kate. These three ladies came from across the nation to San Diego and we had a Airbnb and just spent the weekend together, just pure and utter shenanigans. And we just had such a blast. We like walked away from the experience saying, okay, soul sisters, they are easily a decade, decade and a half younger than me, which is super embarrassing, but whatevs, right? Whatevs, right? I just had such a stinking blast with them. They actually made me feel younger. So there must be something to that. Right. (laughs) When you Um, you rub off a little youth cream. That's right. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Maybe they can give me some hair too. <laughs> Different story. Anyway, um, yeah. So we just connected and the four of us have actually been talking about doing like a little, not not a retreat, not part of intentional autism mama, but just like a getaway. Yes. Mm-hmm. Getaway for autism moms. Something maybe all inclusive where we don't even have to worry about meals and we just go yeah, and show get up. Spoiled. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Adrian Wood is doing a cruise coming up soon. And I'm like, oh, oh that's got to be on our list to do because yes. <laughs> like just showing up and floating around and having your food, man, come on. Just bring a bag. That's yeah. all you got to do. Jamie, is there anything that you want our, um, our listeners to know or any tidbit that you think has changed your path the most that you'd like to share? You know what? I, I want to say that loneliness is a choice. 
if you feel lonely and you're staying there, you're making that choice to stay there because there are moms that understand you, that see you, that hear you, that know more of your story than you maybe have even shared yet. Yeah. Like they already know your story and you haven't even shared it yet. So if you're still feeling lonely, I really encourage you to cut it out and open yourself up, be a little bit more vulnerable than is comfortable because vulnerability is not comfortable and um, give some moms a chance. Because I think too many of us have been gaslit. We've lost friendships from friends that have neurotypical children or don't have children. And, and that's okay. That's totally fine. But that loneliness does not have to be there. So I think that's what I would say. Mic drop. Crushed it. T-shirt. Next, I'd find People a friend. Could... And we're sending uh, Jen a blow-up husband. <laughs> right? <laughs> it would come clean, Jen. It's going to be in the gift bag Same. on that other late night retreat. Yeah. <laughs> passion, the passion retreat. The passion box. The passion the box. Un- That's the my unintentional. Unintentional yes. retreat. Yes. The oh unintentional autism mom retreat. I did, I did want to ask you too. So with this um, intentional choice, before we jump off, as far as like the message that you're sending to other moms I mean it sounds like it there's like a lot of layers to what the message is which we love to do that too like it's okay to be sad or to feel these feelings and be in this place but there's also this other flip side to that besides the retreat what what else can moms come grasp at from your page or wherever they want to find you I would just offer that I do host group sessions, group programs periodically. So to just, it just sounds creepy to just give me a follow, follow me on Instagram, because that that's typically where I will share that information. I do host a monthly newsletter. It's not spammy at all. And I love to provide resources. Um, and that's also where I will share like upcoming group sessions. Mm-hmm. I do one-on-one coaching slash mentoring it's very limited, not because I'm so special or because it's so expensive. It's not. It's just that, again, my priority is always Phoenix. And mm-hmm. so it's just it's just a time consideration um, that I can and love to do that. And then I'm also, I'm writing a book. Yay! Yay! I was going to say, I think you're writing a book, aren't you? Because yes. you've talked oh. a little tiny bit about it. That makes me so nauseous. I don't think I've ever <laughs> stated that publicly so yeah congratulations yes, you. congratulations that does not mean anyone's like interested or looking at it or anything i think I'm you just, just sold five it. copies stop being so much like that yeah, that's a choice see. i'll read that <laughs> hey, if you completed that is such an accomplishment it really even is, write yeah. the book whether yeah. or not anyone reads it it's a huge yeah. thing even if it's just part of like the swag bags in the future whatever <laughs> you know <laughs> I'll force you to read it. Yeah. We can't wait. Uh, Yeah. Well, we're putting into the universe. People are going to love this book. Yeah. So exciting. You're a table for five bestsellers as far as we're concerned. (laughs) Five copies tonight. Yeah. Phoenix just laughed at the person. 
perfect time. That's terrible. <laughs> we have a way with the kids too. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, thank you ladies so, so much. This was, wow. You're incredible. We'll, we'll have you back on when your book You're is published. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. This has been great. You are fantastic. <laughs> Energy. So I love ladies. it. Oh my goodness. Well, we'll so see you at the naughty here. panel or the book party or. We'll also do a regular panel. Let's not yes. only fill ourselves. Please. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you're already slated for uh, late March, early April before, before spring breaks. I have to be aware of that. So just consider yourselves invited because. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 He's like, we have a new fan. He's ready. He is ready. <laughs> so good. Well, thank you again, Jamie. Thank you so okay. much. We appreciate your your time and really your heart and your share and your community and network. We just, I'm very proud to know you and we're. Yes, it was wonderful to meet you. Happy yes. you. Thank Likewise. You. Bye. Thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye. Thank you for joining us at the table for this episode of the Table for Five No Reservations podcast. We have new episodes every Monday. If you'd like to become a supporter of our podcast, please check out the link at the bottom of this episode's description. Please make sure to follow, rate, and review us wherever you listen. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for more content. We also now have a newsletter. Check the description for where to sign up. Thank you for sitting with us at the table. See you next Monday.